Okay, question 35 and then 36. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you for our time together today. Thank you for these people, my brothers and sisters, this church, this family. Thank you now for your word that we get to open and read and think about the truth that is in it. Help us to remember what it is that we're learning. Help us to believe it. Help us to apply it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a few questions for review. We're going to back up to question 29. We can say these together. How can we be saved? Only by faith in Jesus Christ and in His substitutionary atoning death on the cross. So even though we are guilty of having disobeyed God and are still inclined to all evil, Nevertheless, God, without any merit of our own, but only by pure grace, imputes to us the perfect righteousness of Christ when we repent and believe in Him. Question 30, what is faith in Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ is acknowledging the truth of everything that God has revealed in His Word trusting in Him, and also receiving and resting on Him alone for salvation as He is offered to us in the Gospel. I'm going to skip ahead to question 33. Should those who have faith in Christ seek their salvation through their own works or anywhere else? No, they should not. As everything necessary to salvation is found in Christ. To seek salvation through good works is a denial that Christ is the only Redeemer and Savior. And question 34, since we are redeemed by grace alone, through Christ alone, must we still do good works and obey God's Word? Yes, because Christ, having redeemed us by His blood, also renews us by His Spirit, so that our lives may show love and gratitude to God, so that we may be assured of our faith by the fruits, and so that by our godly behavior, others may be won to Christ. Okay, so this is what we looked at last week. Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? All the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit, including faith itself. I, I, I started having flashbacks. That was, every, that was every week, right? You're here. Here's licorice and candy. And <laughs> yeah, me either. Okay, let's read it together one more time. Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? All the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit, including faith itself. Okay, so that brings us to question 36, which is, well, we just talked about the Holy Spirit in this last question. So it's a good time to ask, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit. 
So here's what we believe. Say it with me. That He is God, co-eternal with the Father and the Son, and that God grants Him irrevocably to all who believe. So let's read some Scripture. Let's think about what this means. First, John 14, verses 16 and 17. This is Jesus talking, and He said to His disciples, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Who is this Helper? He says, even the Spirit of Truth. That's the Holy Spirit. It's another name for Him. The Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. Sam Storms. Let me read you a couple things that he said. He said, Rarely does a Christian struggle to think of God as Father. And to envision God as Son is not a problem for many. These personal names come easily to us because our lives and relationships are inescapably intertwined with fathers and sons on earth, but God as Holy Spirit is often a different matter. So remember, God is... How many gods are there? There's one God, and in how many persons does that one God exist? Three. And you know them. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, God the Father, pretty easy to understand because we have fathers. Some of us are fathers. God the Son, we understand that because we're sons or daughters. God the Holy Spirit, a little more difficult to understand. We don't have a human relationship to base that on. And so there is, understandably I guess, a lot of confusion about what this means. That God is Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do? What does He not do? What sort of Functions does He fulfill within the Godhead? There's lots of confusion over that. In fact, we're going to take a break from our, I think in the fall, it'll be about the fall, in our study through 1 Corinthians, we're going to get to a few chapters in 1 Corinthians that deal with some misapplication within the Corinthian church of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we'll actually take a break at that point, and we'll do a month-long series just on the Holy Spirit, and then we'll jump back to 1 Corinthians. Because there's a lot of confusion about it. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Listen to what a few of these verses say about the Holy Spirit. It's fascinating. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That is fascinating. Remember, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. The Holy, God the Father is not in us. God the Son is not in us. God is in us, though, through His Holy Spirit. And in these verses, we begin to understand, well, what's, what's He doing there? Well, he's helping us, Romans 8 says. He's helping us. He's interceding or praying for us. He's praying for us. There are times where I don't know what to pray. There are times where I don't know how to 
pray for myself. There are times I don't know how to pray for others when I can't find the words. And I know that there are things even that I should be praying that I might not know I need to pray. There might be sins in my life that I don't even know are there. The Holy Spirit knows all that. And the Holy Spirit prays to God for even those things that I don't know that I need. He's praying for me. He's in ministry for me. And who searches hearts, it says in Romans 8.27, and who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes or prays for the saints, that's God's people, according to the will of God. Listen to this about the Holy Spirit. Acts 16.7 And when, this was some of the disciples, had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. So they attempted to go to another town. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I, I don't know exactly what that means. But somehow, the Holy Spirit, I mean, they were going from town to town, and the Holy Spirit prohibited them, kept them from going to this particular town. He's active in our lives. Ephesians 4.30 tells us that we can bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit feels grief when we're in sin. The Spirit of God within us feels pain, grief, when we're in unrepentant sin. Fascinating. Sam Storm says this. Above all else, though, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. This is very important. His primary role in us, of all the things that the Holy Spirit does, of all the things the Holy Spirit does, he is absolutely correct when he says here, his primary role in us, us, the temple of God in whom he dwells, is other-directed or other-oriented as He ministers to direct our attention to the person of Christ and to awaken in us heartfelt affection for and devotion to the Savior. The Holy Spirit delights above all else in serving as a spotlight standing behind us, although certainly dwelling within us, to focus our thoughts and meditation on the beauty of Christ and all that God is for us in and through Him. I'll come right back to that. Because he's absolutely correct, Sam Storms, when he says that this is the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is the primary function of the Holy Spirit. He is in us as the very presence of Christ. That popped off the screen, didn't it? Let me see quick if I can get it back up. Okay. So what do we believe about the Holy Spirit? He is God. We've already covered that. Co-eternal with the Father and the Son. That means that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has always existed and always will exist. Just like the Father and the Son, the Godhead. And that God grants Him irrevocably 
For kids, that's a pretty big word. He grants him irrevocably to all who believe. So God grants the Holy Spirit to all who believe. That means that if you believe, if we repent and believe, love Jesus, follow Jesus, believe the gospel, commit ourselves to him, we're Christians. God grants us, he gives us the Holy Spirit. But this word is very important. When God gives us the Holy Spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit irrevocably. Now, what that means is that it cannot be reversed. When God gives us his Holy Spirit, he gives us his Holy Spirit never, ever to take his Holy Spirit away from us. Once you have the dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, it is never, ever taken from you. That doesn't mean you don't, there aren't times where you don't feel like you have the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean there aren't times when you're not as sensitive to the things of the Spirit. That doesn't mean there aren't times when the Spirit is not as active in you as at other times. But at the end of the day, when God grants us His Holy Spirit, He grants Him to us irrevocably. Never to be removed. Always doing this ministry in us. And the primary ministry, again, is that He is in us as the Spirit of Christ. If you want a great book to read, in my opinion, the best book as far as being uh, biblical and readable is a book by J.I. Packer called Keeping in Step with the Spirit or Keep in Step with the Spirit. Pretty short book. And Sam Storms brings up a point that I think um, Packer was one of the first to put it in that way where he says a spotlight ministry. J.I. Packer calls it the floodlight ministry. And so what the Holy Spirit is doing in the Christian is he is shining a floodlight on Jesus Christ. A floodlight on Jesus Christ. He is putting the spotlight on Jesus. The Holy Spirit is self-effacing. The Holy Spirit does not want attention. The Holy Spirit is drawing all of our attention to Jesus, which is why it is bizarre when Christians or churches make the Holy Spirit the focal point of their churches or their ministries or their services. The Holy Spirit would be saying, stop that. Stop that. I am, as the third person of the Trinity, I am here to focus your attention on Christ. Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit, and here's another name for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, does not belong to Him. John 14, 25 and 26, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the, Holy, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and what else will he do? And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And who's talking? Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is going to come, the Spirit of me, the Spirit of Christ, and he is going to remind you of everything that I have taught you. Namely, of course, the gospel. And then one more verse. Verses in John 16. 12 through 15, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. He said, I've got more knowledge for you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, when can we? He says, 
when the spirit of truth comes, he's already talked about when that will be. Jesus is going to die, be resurrected. He's going to ascend and go to be with the Father. And then all those who believe in him will receive the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from, from me, Jesus is saying, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. Floodlight. Spotlight. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Because nowhere in the Godhead do we see the glory of God more clearly than in Jesus. And more specifically, in the cross of Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is directing our attention there. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The primary ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's say it one more time together. So what do we believe about the Holy Spirit? That He is God, co-eternal with the Father and the Son, and that God grants Him irrevocably to all who believe. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, thank You for this truth. For those of us who are believers, thank You for the gift of Your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the assurance that you will never take your spirit away from us. Thank you for the help that he provides. Thank you for the light that he shines on Jesus, the way he reminds us of the gospel, the way he helps us and comforts us in our time of need, the way he points us to you. Thank you, God. I pray for those who do not yet have the Holy Spirit, even in this room right now, that you would give them your spirit, that you would cause them to be born again so that they'd have eyes to see and ears to hear, that they believe the gospel, believe your word, and know that your spirit dwells in them forever. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.